When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Wednesday, August 17th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians fall to the Detroit Tigers 4-3 to on Tuesday night uh, in a game that was steeped in controversy, I guess you could say. Uh, Terry Francona ejected in the ninth inning uh, after arguing a call on a strikeout by Miles Straw, but a lot of that came from uh, stuff that had been building up in the game uh, to that point. Uh, earlier in the first inning, uh, the Tigers got a run on a play that was overturned at the plate, uh, a challenge call where Austin Hedges was ruled to have blocked the plate, and it led to a three-run inning uh, after the replay officials in New York uh, awarded the Tigers a run uh, and made Zach Plesak come back out uh, after he thought he had the third out of the inning. And and really from there, just uh, none of the breaks went uh, Cleveland's way. Uh, the Guardians suffered their second straight loss to the, the Tigers uh, in that game. Yeah, just uh, like you said, Joe, frustrating night. Um, you know, uh, a night uh, where, you know, we the third time this month we've seen you know, a home plate call, uh, uh, you know, an out call at the plate be reversed in favor of the challenging team and a run put on the board that, you know, that that wasn't there in the first place. Uh, Unfortunately for uh, the Guardians, you know, like you said, they had to come back out after they thought they had the third out. And uh, Police Act then gives up a two-run homer to rookie uh, Kerry Carpenter and they, the the Guardians just never recovered from that. They were down 3-0, and, you know, they, they tried to come back, and uh, they just couldn't mount enough offense against uh, another rookie, um, uh, Garrett Hill, who faced them for the third time this season. This guy's made eight starts, Joe, in his big league career. Three against Cleveland. They have yet to beat him. He's 2-0 and against them. Yeah, and uh, they couldn't they, – they got the, the game-tying run to third base – uh, Tyler Freeman doubles to lead off the ninth inning and uh, gets stranded there at third. Uh, Gregory Soto strikes out Miles Straw after Austin Hedges uh, had a sacrifice bunt and then, uh, you know, wiggles out of it uh, with uh, with Stephen Kwan uh, uh, there at the plate. Uh, 
just go back to Terry Francona getting ejected. Uh, Francona was ejected because of a miscommunication. Lance Barksdale at, behind the plate had had thought that um, Strahd swung and foul tipped uh, strike three, uh, ruled that it was a foul ball. And then he got together with his partners and his partner sort of told him, hey, uh, that, that ball was caught. It wasn't uh, it was a, a foul tip that was hung on to by catcher Tucker Barnhart. And so uh, Barksdale rings up uh, straw. And that's when you knew Terry Francona came out of the dugout and he was going to he was going to get his pound of flesh before uh, before all, all was said and done. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, the the replay on a, on a play, Joe, I'm sure you've seen it shows it. Barnhart definitely caught that ball. Uh, and, uh, you know, but I think uh, the frustration with uh, Francona had just built to the point where, especially with the plate umpire calling it a foul, you know, a foul ball originally and then changing his call. How many times you get a call, you know, change against you? Well, that's twice in the same game, right? Mm -hmm. I think at least twice. They may have lost another challenge in there. I, I, you know, so on a, on a stolen base by Quan earlier. Yeah, in the, yeah, in the game. So, <laughs> so that's that's strike three, and you were out. And Francona gets tossed for the uh, what the second time this year and the forty sixth time of his career. A uh, lot of frustration. Uh, you know, then Austin Hedges goes off after the game, you know, and I give Hedges credit for that. Uh, you know, he, he said, uh, you know, players get dissected every day, you know, every game, you know, by the public, by their employers, it can cost them their job, you know, and uh, but the uh, replay officials kind of operate in the shadows. We don't I'm sure they're critiqued but we don't know if they're ever penalized for those critiques or what happens to them. And, uh, you know, uh, Hedges was upset and, and I think rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back to the question of whether umpires should be uh, evaluated publicly and, and what advantages or disadvantages there are to that uh, in, in, in a bit here. But uh, I want to talk about uh, Hedges and just his, his comments after the game, obviously he came, he come out and said, uh, that Zach Plesak is is owed an apology by uh, by the officials in New York. Uh, he said New York needs to apologize to Zach Plesak, uh, and that it was a disgrace and an embarrassment what happened on that overturned challenge call. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do, do you do you necessarily think that uh, that New York owes an apology to Plesak for essentially for by the rule by the letter of the law by getting getting the call right? You know, I, I do not think uh, MLB is going to apologize to Police Act, nor do they owe one to Police Act. You know, Zach could have come out and, you know, he had an 0-2 count on Carpenter. All he had to do was throw another strike past him. This guy's a rookie. He's swinging from his heels on every time, every plate, you know, plate appearance that we've seen him. You know, strike him out. Don't give up a two-run homer. And, uh, you know, everything, you know, then you go back in the dugout, at, it's 0-0, and you got a chance to, uh, you know, to, to win the ball game. So, uh, you know, I, I, I feel bad for his police act. You know, he probably had his mindset, you know, we got out of that inning. We, you know, we just, you know, they, we, you know, it was a narrow escape, but, we, but sometimes, you know, adversity kind of comes at you in different ways and you got to handle it. That's part of being a big league player. Well, and that's a, that's an ongoing theme for police act this year is not being able to sort of collect himself. And, you know, when somebody drops a ball or kicks a ball behind him, or does something, uh, or when a call doesn't go his way, 
it, it, it sort of bleeds over into the next batter and, and sort of snowballs from there. Uh, Hedges was waiting for us at his locker. I mean, after we talked to Zach Pleasak, we turned around and Hedges was standing there. He hadn't taken off his jersey yet. He was sort of rocking back and forth with his hands behind his back. Just you could tell that he wanted to talk to us. Uh, and and he, he went on his little two minute rant and then he was done. He didn't take any further questions or anything like that. Uh, do you think what he said and what he did there was as much for his teammates to hear him going to 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 bat for them uh, as it was for, you know, the reporters and anybody else to hear it? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, somebody had to say something, you know, Tito wasn't going to say too much. Uh, you know, he's been through this before. I'm sure he would have been fined. I'm sure Hedges is going to get fined by MLB, um, you know, uh, especially, you know, saying like uh, the rest of the game was poorly officiated. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, that, yeah, you know, that that's, you know, somebody, I, I was glad to see somebody stand up in the locker room and say something like that. <clears throat> I wish he would have taken questions though, because I don't know if he gave the guy a, a clear, you know, hobby by as a path to the to the plate or not. And you know, he you know, he's very technical. When I talked to him, you know, uh, before about a week ago, you know, when those two calls were made on August seventh, very similar calls. You know, he was very technical in his approach and what he would do in that situation, how he handles that situation. And I would have liked to, uh, you know, got a little, little deeper into that, but, you know, he obviously wanted to say something. Uh, he said it and he didn't want to go any farther. Yeah. Uh, the calls you're referring to uh, back on August 7th, within a few hours of each other, uh, the Minnesota twins uh, were, were uh, basically lost a game because they, the, um, uh, there was a challenge. Uh, Toronto challenged to call at the plate, similar to the way uh, Detroit challenged to call at the plate in extra innings. Uh, they lost that game, and Rocco Baldelli had a lot to say to the media afterwards about, you know, very similar comments to what Hedges said. Uh, it's embarrassing. It's a disgrace, and all of that. Uh, and then later on that afternoon, uh, Baltimore, uh, their manager was ejected from the game, uh, and. In, in in the similar fashion, another play at the plate, uh, the same catcher's interference call was was overturned. Uh, all three instances uh, were uh, a challenge on a on a run, on a play that was called an out at the plate and on the field. And then New York, the the replay official, reversed the call and awarded the team a run, saying that the catcher had Ill illegally blocked the plate. And it's a point of emphasis for uh for the umpires this year so uh you know if, if you look at it and you look by the technical definition of you know what the play is uh you know hedge's foot was in front of the plate and had had blocked the lane for bias to get to the to the bag or to the plate uh before he had the ball in his possession so once that went to to replay you could see why it was going to get reversed and i i think Looking at the uh, the replay of the game last night, Hedges was in the dugout, and the look on his face was one. He was pretty nervous because he knew that once he saw the replay, that New York could overturn that call. Yeah, and you know, we went down and we talked to a Lance Barksdale, the plate umpire who made the original call, the out call. Uh, he told us, um, you know, what the ruling was from New York. They said, you know, that that he set up, he blocked the plate before he had the ball, it is set up. Then he went, when he received the ball, 
He went down and blocked the plate, and that his foot was, like you said, Joe, his foot was in, set in front of the plate to block it. Um, you know, it, it, it's such a tough call. You know, I talked to Sandy Alomar about it. You know, this is a guy that, what, six-time All-Star, gold glove catcher, and he said it's it's really, really a tough play to uh, interpret. And, uh, you know, I think uh, what what I find curious, Joe, is – you know, these there's the three calls have been made, one in Cleveland, one in Minneapolis and one in Baltimore. And uh, what happens when a play like this happens at Dodger Stadium or Yankee Stadium? Mm-hmm. You know, what what's the replay going to be then? You know, that that it's it's really, really interesting to me that they call these plays kind of like in, in the hinterlands of Major League Baseball. But uh, l- let's see what happens, you know, in a high profile late season game. Yeah, especially with the playoffs around the corner, uh, you can tell that they're sort of prep uh, preparing us for uh, the these you know major controversy type calls uh, by by sort of you know making them when they they have the opportunity to. Uh, Austin Hedges comes out and says, you know, it's it, these are plays that you know before replay before this was ever a thing. Uh, these were plays where the batter was the runner was out, the ball beats the runner. The tag is applied. Everybody in the stadium sees that the guy is out. He's out. And now you go to replay and you're, you're changing the game. I, I kind of agree with Hedges there that you're, you're making changes to the game that have been in place for 150 years that it, it just wasn't that way. Uh, you know, it, it, growing up uh, all, all throughout history, when the ball beats the runner, even if sometimes the tag is sometimes even missed, the runner was was usually called out uh, on plays at second base or or wherever. So uh, now with replay, are you getting the call right or are you getting the correct call? And there's a difference between the two. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, this is uh, you know, I, I I wonder, you know, why why did why does the home plate umpire even make the call? Because yeah. if you're an opposing team. You know, and that call goes against you. You know, you're automatically going to challenge now because of you know these three plays. I mean, if if Major League Baseball has picked the middle of August to make an emphasis of this play after ignoring it since it's been you know implemented in 2014, why 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 wouldn't you challenge it? And you know, and and, and the plate umpire is kind of just. You know, he's a, he's an actor on the stage. He's, you know, he's just playing a role. It, it, his call doesn't count. You know, it, it really doesn't count. It, it always goes to replay. Right. He's got to make a call there, you know, just to to sort of stop the play. If if he, Otherwise, the, the, the other base runner is going to continue to circle the bases. Uh, but but you're right. There's you know that the, the play is going to be challenged. So your call doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's inconsequential. It's irrelevant to the play uh, because somebody else is going to pick it up and interpret it one way or another. Uh, Again, the ball beat the runner, the tag beat the runner. There's, there should be no question. The, the runner didn't cause contact that could have hurt or injured the, the catcher. That's what the original spirit of the rule was put in place for. This was not somebody barreling into the catcher to, to to dislodge a ball or cause injury in some way. So we know that the runners have it in the back of their heads now that they have to slide, they have to try to avoid. 
it wasn't a case of Hedges was out there sort of, you know, walling him off like a screen in basketball, like using his body to, to block him from getting the plate while he had time to get the ball. This was bang, bang, and you're dissecting this to the point where you're looking where his feet are positioned to make a determination on the call. And, and, and Baez could have gone through his feet, wouldn't have caused him uh, an injury there. Uh, Baez tried to swim around. He tried to use that, you know, pull his arm back and use the swim move anyways. So that's actually an advantage to the, to the base runner in that uh, he's, he's going around it there. Uh, I, I just, you're actually putting the catchers at more of a disadvantage because they have to do more and think more in their heads instead of reacting and making a baseball play. Yeah, that's a great point. I thought, you know, that Hedges kind of left the back of the plate open to him, open to, to bias, but like he couldn't get to it. That's why he tried to swim move. You know, Al, uh, Sandy Alomar was saying, you know, when I talked to him a while ago, um, he said they they t- they instruct the catchers to take the pl- to uh, on plays like that, a place at the plate to catch the ball in front of the plate and then react to the to react to the runner. You know they don't want them straddling the plate because you know that could that could you know that could be perceived as blocking the plate and maybe that's Hedges did that a little bit. Well, and we've seen that we saw that on a play earlier in the year where Oscar Gonzalez threw a runner out uh, coming home. And Hedges sort of went up the line to get the ball and then dove back to the plate to make the tag before the runner got uh, got home. That And, and Zach Plesak alluded to it uh, in his postgame comments. That's a play that Hedges is known for being able to make and known for making. Uh, you know, in, in this instance, you're, you're nitpicking over his foot being in front of the plate on the line when his foot really didn't even matter in that in that situation he wasn't exposed to injury he he didn't take away anything from Baez that Baez wasn't already going to do because Baez was going to try to avoid the tag he was going to try to slide around it so whether his foot was there or not really didn't matter yeah it's uh it's just a tough play and i i think joe you know like you said this play was was I mean, this rule was put into play to protect the catcher and also, you know, protect the runner too, you know, uh, to protect both guys. But they've got to they've got to clarify this. I mean, it's too late to do it now. Yeah. But in the winter, the competition committee has got to kind of really define this thing because you know I talked to Alomar, I talked to uh, 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 Luke Luke Maley, I talked to uh, uh, Hedges, and they all had kind of different interpretations of the rule. So well, nobody really knows what's going on here. And that's you know? the so, thing. You could get a different guy. You could get a different umpire in the replay room, and he could have a completely different interpretation. Yeah. And then the re- and the, the challenge wouldn't wouldn't be overturned. There's there's a million different things. It needs to be more streamlined and, and sort of codified in that way. Uh, you're right. Do you think that the competition committee will look at this rule in the in the upcoming offseason? I would think they'd have to if this keeps going. If I mean, if there's remember, like 
this was like 15 or 16 years ago when they started calling the balk call, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, like every, every other pitcher was but getting called on a balk, and, and especially in spring training, they were doing it. And it was, uh, the, it, was the Je- it was the Jeff Nelson move, right? The, the fake to third, fake to first. Yeah. To yeah. Try that, guys, that, to try and get guys to, to move. That was, right. that was what was being called. And so I think you, you've got to do this, especially, you know, now it, it's out there that, that this play is going to get called. It it can cost you a game. I mean, it, it costs the twins a game and, and, you know, they reacted by losing four of their last, their next five games. And it cost them, you know, first place as the guardians, you know, uh, overtook them. And now we're going to have to see how, uh, you know, Cleveland reacts to to this call because basically that run cost you a ball game. You know, it was they lose four three. That's that's a run right there. So and, and it cost them a, a, a game in the standings because uh, right. both the Twins and the the White Sox won last night. And you've got the White Sox coming in this weekend. So you know, it, it's it's a tough play to call in, especially you know, in in races when when a you know when a division or a pennant is at stake, and I think they've got to get this straight. They've got to they've got to really re reexamine this rule and uh, find out what they can and can't do to clarify it. Is this the worst rule in Major League Baseball right now? I, I, I say right now because you know if you go back to the postseason in uh, in in what twenty nineteen. Uh, when there was the the runners interference call in the World Series game against uh, between Washington and and the, uh, um, the Dodgers and, and Mets, right? When, no, when it was we... the it was the Nationals and the Astros. The runners interference call in the oh. World Series. Yeah, I was uh, thinking uh, who was who was the guy that took out the Mets uh, second baseman and, and uh, Chase Utley. Yeah, yeah. Was exactly. that a season game or maybe? I don't, maybe know, I don't think that was, but but uh, that changed that changed the rule that the the direct slide into second can't base. Slide into you can't you can't make contact when you slide into second base. So uh, you've got catcher's interference at the plate, uh, the ghost runner on second in extra innings, the the three batter minimum rule, the universal designated hitter, uh, automatic intentional walks, no contact on sliding into second base, instant replay in in general. What, what's the worst rule in Major League Baseball? And, and is this catcher's interference, just because of its ambiguity right now, the the worst rule of them all? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I, I'm not a big fan of the, the runner on second base, uh, Manfred Mann, the Manfred Mann. I'm, I'm not, not a big fan of that. But I would say right now, maybe because it's the freshest thing in my memory, is that the call, you know, the interference at second or at home plate, the blocking the plate, what – what is what constitutes blocking the plate? Yeah, I think if you if you took a straw poll of the uh, the Guardians locker room uh, right now, that's going to be at the top of the list. Uh, the funny thing is the 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 seven inning double headers, which was a rule that everybody you know was was all up in arms about, and, and they got rid of after one season. That's that actually is the, like the best rule, <laughs> and they got rid of it. Uh, the one thing that could have helped the Guardians this year with 11 doubleheader games uh it it, it it's just weird that there's it, it's how things balance out I guess it, it's kind of funny uh so how did the Guardians bounce back from this you've got uh I, I believe what Cal Quantrill going tonight yeah uh he's he's on the mound he's been really strong his last couple of outings can they recover? And 
Uh, very importantly, actually, uh, the Guardians go tonight to what? Take the season series from uh, there's an opportunity right now because it's what uh, nine nine in the season series, but uh, the the all time uh, series between the two clubs I think it's like one thousand one hundred and forty three to one thousand one hundred forty four for Detroit. Uh, the 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 all time series could be even. Otherwise, you go all winter without uh, you know being down two games to Detroit. I know that's man. These two teams have been playing each other since 1901, Joe, and and they're they're deadlocked. Yeah, how, imagine that. How, how weird is that? It's it a law of averages, that, is what that is. You got to love baseball, and uh, you know, yeah, I, like you said, Quantrill versus uh, lefty Daniel Norris tonight. Norris is 0 and 4 with a 5.97 ERA. But, uh, you know, uh, the Tigers have, have really played the uh, Cleveland tough this year. You know, Cleveland has dominated them since 2016. It hasn't even been close, but, you know, they're getting they're getting their pound of flesh this year. And uh, this is a big game. They, the Cleveland really needs to win this game uh, with Chicago coming in for a three game uh, weekend series. Uh, it's the race is just going to get tighter now, Joe, and we're really going to find out if this young team can hang in there or, you know, if this, if this is team is being built for 2023 and beyond, because the test is right now that the opportunity is right now. We don't know what's going to happen next year, but the, but the test, the opportunity and uh, you know, the challenge is right here. It's right in front of them. And uh, you know, we'll have to see how they respond. That feels like a, a really good spot to to stop and, and reset and take a deep breath. And we'll come back at you tomorrow, uh, hopefully talking about uh, a, a Guardians victory and uh, looking ahead to the series against the White Sox. Wayne, we'll talk to you then on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.